I'm Lauren. Hello, I'm Sarah. And welcome to Montalino Mama. Welcome back to another episode of Montalino Mama. Today we have a very special guest, my mother-in-law, Ariane. Hello, Ariane. Hello. Welcome. As part of our podcast, we want to interview people who have raised their children bilingual or multilingual. And we want to hear from people who are in the process of doing this right now. And we also want to hear from people who have done this. So we are going to interview one of those today. So Ariane has three sons. One of them happens to be my husband. I got lucky. I got a bilingual husband. So we're going to get to know Ariane today and she's going to give us some advice. So we're going to get started with uh, your language background. So can you tell us what languages or what language you spoke growing up? And when and how you learned this language? So I was brought up in England by a French mother. So being uh, French, she spoke to uh, myself and my brother and sister in French. And when my older sister was four, my brother was three and I was two. Uh, my sister started school and because she mixed up a little bit with French and with English, uh, because in those days, children didn't go to playgroups. So it was only what we'd learned at home. And of course, my mother mainly spoke in French. So this, they said, was going to hold my sister back. She was going to be held back. It was going to be very detrimental to her education. And so doctors, school teachers, headmasters, they all said, stop speaking French to your children. So that was it. From one day to the next, my mother stopped. So that was my upbringing, first of all, for the first 18 years of my life was in England with a French mother who had a very strong accent, but we were not speaking French in the house. When I was then 18, 19 years old, I came over to France and I decided to learn French properly. And Ariane, how, how do you meet your partner? I was in France still with a, a, a family. I was still an au pair. And uh, uh, I met Eric through friends because I was actually um, not housed in the family's house because it was too small. It was a small apartment. But their mother-in-law, his mother, ran a, a, a foyer de jeunes filles, so a hostel for young girls that were in need of a place while they were doing their educations or in need of a place to stay in Paris. And I was staying in that place because the family's mother, mother-in-law, ran that place so i was in this hostel um and one of the girls also was in that hostel was also british and she was working at a bank where eric worked and one evening she said well i'll bring some of my colleagues from work so she brought him along and that's how i met him just to clarify eric is an american or eric he's an american he's actually half french half american so arianne you both you both have a background in french then right yeah so we get together and um, after a few years, I end up getting pregnant with Alexander. And uh, a year later, he gets transferred to London with his job. With Alexander's base was, uh, because we were living in Paris, we thought it was very important to speak to him in English. So he was learning French, so to speak, from the environment. But then when we moved to England, we decided, oops, his, now we need to maintain the French because we knew that we were only in England for four years. So he, you know, he had a job, transferred him out for four years. So we thought, okay, right, well, we've got to maintain his French because otherwise when we move back to France, he's going to be completely lost. Now that completely threw Alexander. So he's, he's only one year old when we moved to, to London. So he's not speaking anything at all. Um, 
he was very early in walking, but very late in speaking. So he's not speaking anything at all. Um, we're speaking to him in, in, in French and in English, and I kind of didn't really like the American accent, so I made Eric speak to, to, to me in French as well. <laughs> so Alexander's just completely, it's over his head. They do uh, in England an 18-month-old uh, test to see whether your child is, is you know, developing normally, and they said that he was not, because he still wasn't speaking anything. Um, and he couldn't, the few little things that he did uh, say were in French. So one of his first words was concombre, cucumber. Um, he liked pomme, so he would say pomme and not apple. So this threw the, the social worker because she said, well, he's behind. So I'm trying to explain, yes, because we're teaching him two languages and, you know, his first year was all in, in, in French and she didn't accept it. She said, no, nope, there's a problem. So they redid the test at the age of two for a two-year-old, and he failed that as well. At two and a half, he's still not speaking French, he's still not speaking English. I'm speaking to him in English, Eric's speaking to him in French, still not speaking anything at all. Coming on now to three years old, we are sent to Great Ormond Street uh, to get him properly tested, to see why developmentally he's completely behind in language, because he's not saying anything. He can say one or two words, he doesn't say mummy, he doesn't say hello or goodbye, you know, it's just a couple of words like, go away. You know, that was his thing. <laughs> go away. Especially if you trying to take pictures, it was a go away. <laughs> Ghastly child. <laughs> um, so he goes for this test. Now he's two years and 11 months old. And the day before we went to Great Ormond Street, great big children's hospital in London, I'm saying to him, come on, do a pee-pee on the, on the pot. And he says to me, no, I'm never doing a pee-pee on the potty ever again. <laughs> a first sentence and that was it so the next day we go to the uh to, to be tested and he's speaking and he knows his words and he knows things and they show him a broom and he can say broom i'm thinking oh, i don't think he can say the word broom you know brush but no he says it's a broom they ask him what it's for he's saying it's for sweeping the floor and so they did make the comment that although his language was at the age of a two and an eleven year old, a uh, two year and eleven month old. So, um, so far you have told us that your first son was born in France, but then you moved to England. Um, so, did you move more countries while raising your children bilingual? Yes. Okay. So, what other countries were you in? And what language, what language practice do you use? So like what you wear in other countries, what language do you both speak to the children and what language did you get outside the, the house? So while we were living in London, we then concentrated a little bit more on the French with Alexander. We put him into a French school at the age of three, put him into a French school. Um, the twins were then born just around that time, concentrated more on the English for the twins. Uh, and then when they were two and a half and Alexander was therefore coming on for five uh, we moved to Italy now there we've now thrown into Italian they were put into a French school now Michael and Anthony hadn't spoken French ever they hadn't learned French I hadn't taught them French I hadn't spoken one single word of French to them. Alexander was still taking little uh, lessons once a week with a French uh, gentleman who lived nearby because he was no longer in the French school um, so it we were trying to maintain Alexander's French. So now we're in Italy and the, all three of them are in this 
French school in Italy, but most of the children in that school are Italian. So within two months, they speak fluent Italian and fluent French. And I was still struggling with my French and I was now struggling with Italian. But they, they because they were absolutely in to it, so playing with the children in school and they're saying, you know, the macchina che va vita and whatever those things, you know, they were just learning it because they're playing. And I realized at that point that children learn a lot faster when they're playing than if they've got a book and they've got to learn their verbs and, and all of this stuff. So they came away from, so they were in the Italian, in Italy for two years. Uh, Alexander was in the French school for two years, but after one year, we put Michael and Anthony into an English school because they were at the age for England to start school, but not for French. French start school at the age of six, English start at five. So Michael and Anthony, we wanted to learn, teach them to read and write, and they weren't doing that in the French school. But they now speak all three languages. We move back to France, and um, they're in French school, ordinary French school, but we've got them a place twice a week, twice, two afternoons a week, all three of them, in the Italian section at the international school. So they're on a waiting list to be there full time so that they will be in the Italian section um, in France. After one year, I decided that they were struggling too badly in Italian because my Italian was not up to, to scratch. I knew no other Italians. So the only Italian they were getting was from the school and they were struggling. Two afternoons a week, they were struggling. So I decided to put them into the British section and at the end of that first year, therefore, they got their place in the British section and then Eric refused to pay. So that was it. They're back into French school doing only French. At which point I decided that was it. My English has to be the only English they're going to learn because my English is good. I speak English with a British accent. And I thought, you know, they don't learn English until they're at least nine years old. So, you know, here we are, Alexander six, Michael and Anthony are coming on for four. And I've decided that's it. I'm going to teach them English. So everything I ever did after that was always, always, always in English. But the schools were not happy. Social workers were not happy. Doctors were not happy. Everybody kept telling me it's detrimental to them. Stop speaking English to them. And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to listen to you. I did not believe that. My mother stopped speaking to us in French. It was not a good thing. And I just thought, no, I'm not going to listen to them. Can you tell us a little bit more about like raising bilingual children in France? What was it like? Did you suffer any discrimination? How was that? Oh, big time. If, you, if you're in, in the supermarket, I would talk to the children in English. People would stare. But it was the teachers and doctors that still were so, so negative about it. They told me bluntly, do not speak to your children in English. Do not help them with their English homework. Do not do anything. That's it. They put me aside on the side. And so it was very hard because even if I went to pick them up from the school and it was in winter and they had their jackets open and I'd say, come on, drop your jackets. Teachers would say, Madame, vous êtes en France. You're in France. It's outside of school. It's in my own time. Then we were called in by, uh, what's it, Michael and Anthony were six. And we were called in, they were given a test. So they're in proper French school. They're supposed to be learning to read and write at six in French school. 
and the French were so against me and so against the fact that the children spoke English and that they, in the playground, they would speak English to each other. And other children would say, oh, how do you say this? And how do you say that? And other children found it exciting. So we were called in by the head of our department, of our area, of the school that controls all the schools in the area. We are called in for a meeting, or I'm called in for a meeting. And I am told, we are not having this anymore. You are to stop speaking German to your children. German? <laughs> I don't think so. I said, perhaps it might be English. Oh, German, English. What's the difference? So they tell me off and they're saying to me, right, that's it. We've absolutely had it with you. And you, and you, you think you know best. Uh, we gave a test to your children and we've decided that your children are not up to scratch. And, uh, and we asked them, would they prefer to learn or play? And they said, play. So we're putting them back into the kindergarten. <laughs> absolutely shocked and they said and and they, you know they speak english to each other all the time i'm just like oh i'm sorry is it in during class well you know i'll tell no not during class during you know uh what would you call it break it's like i said well how is that a problem they're like yes but other children gather around them and are asking them questions how do you say this now i'm like is that not a good thing and they're like oh you have a bad attitude so that was it we were now michael and auntie at six years old they're in full-time school. It's now March. So they've been doing reading and writing since September until March. And they've been put back into kindergarten with small children. They're not allowed to write their names on their, on their drawings. They're, they're, it, it's a catastrophe. So we actually moved out of that area so that we were no longer in that catchment of all those schools of that area uh, in the west of Paris, we moved further out, so we changed area. But still the same attitude from par uh, the teachers, still the same attitude from the doctors, stop speaking English to your children. So but besides speaking to them in English at home and in public, um, how else did you expose them to English? Did you do uh, TV shows or? Yeah. Always, all uh, TV shows, because we had um, a satellite TV, so I would only let them watch English shows. I only ever bought English videos. So we did, they did a, in the good old days, it was VHS. So everything I bought was always in English. Uh, so they used to watch Winnie the Pooh and Iva the Engine and Thomas the Tank, anything I could get a hold of that was in English. All the English they learned was from me and from good cartoons and British cartoons and, and British shows. It was, they did a lot of uh, listening and sing songs and any cassettes that we had were always in, in uh, English. So they learned English songs and we listened to a lot of Beatles. And <laughs> I tried to do a lot of British input. So was it, Ariane, was it important for you? English, not, not American. So, cause Eric was always speaking to them in, in, in English, but American. Um, and I, I found it, I thought it was very important that they spoke with a British accent. Mm -hmm. I didn't want them picking up anything American. Okay, so I have a question for you, Ariane. So you were in France trying to raise bilingual children and the language you were trying to give them more input in was English, right? So my question is, do you think you might have had an easier time doing this because English is such a global language, it's like the lingua franca of Europe, oh. accessible everywhere or not? Back in the day, we're talking. Well, the, the, the uh, first, the language they had to learn as a compulsory language in school was English. Right. So uh, I felt that this was going to be a huge advantage because they'd held my children back so many times 
Uh, Alexander was held back twice, so he missed out on two years at school, so to speak. Michael and Anthony both, not at the same time, were held back one year, so they graduating a, a year older than everybody else. But um, so it, it, it was important that it was English because that was the language they had to learn. The trouble with that was that because they chose English, because I wanted their grades to come up because of the English, uh, when they were then two years after that, when they're choosing their second, so to speak, language, I wanted them to speak Spanish. But they then said, no, because you chose English, now you have to, they have to learn German. And the children said, but hang on, if we'd done German first, now we'd be allowed to learn Spanish. And when I said to them, do they really need to do English because they speak all fluently? They said, again, the intervener said, nope, they have to, which wasn't true. They, they lied to me so often. I could have chosen that the children spoke Spanish or German at that point. We didn't have to choose English, but they lied saying English was compulsory. So, but still English was very important because all computer languages in English and it is for me, it's a universal language. Well, did your boys ever resist speaking English? Did they ever refuse to speak English? Uh, for, for a few years, I would speak in English and they would always answer me in French. What years were those approximately? Can you tell us? That? I would say it was between probably around seven to about 10. Mm -hmm. Where they were so engulfed with, you know, French school, French this, French, French, French books. Uh, they didn't really want to answer back to me in English. And then when we got the computer and Alexander one day asked me to do some searches, he was doing a search on museums for school. So I'm doing my search and, um, you know, it's brilliant, great, let's look it up. And, and he says to me, oh, it's all in English. And I'm like, yeah, he goes, oh, I understand everything. So it's like, you know, it's also like, ching, ching, ching. It was brilliant. He was, he was a happy little bunny. And Michael and Anthony at the same time. So if he was around sort of 10, they were about sort of seven, eight-ish. And suddenly they, they discovered that, yeah, English wasn't such a bad thing after all. So they started speaking back to me. So Michael has still a tiny little French accent sometimes. And Anthony, as far as I know, no. So in those few years where they weren't speaking back to me, although they understood absolutely everything, they were slightly dropping their perfect British accent. So Michael still, once in a while, instead of saying the, will say the. So Ariane, what do you think is um, your children's dominant language right now? If you had to pick one language for each of them. Michael, it's definitely French. And remind us, remind us, so you have Alex who is... So Alexander is the, the first oh. one and he lives in America. So, uh, but his language was always predominantly English. It was, that was always his mother tongue. Uh, Michael and Anthony, although they were in England for the first two and a half years of their life, and then after that we moved here and it was always English after that, their first language is French. And they're twins, right? And they're twins. Um, very, uh, very unidentical twins, so they're not at all alike. But Michael, I think he resisted a little bit longer because he is that sort of child. He's the one who still lives in France. And yep. he's still in France. So anyway. for him, and sometimes he'll even speak to me in, in French, and I, I'm answering back in English, and I'm just like, you know, your girlfriend isn't here, so we can actually speak in English. Oh, yes, right. So we wanted to have a kind of a fun question for you. If you have a memory of a time when your kids made up a word or combined two words or sent, switched languages in a funny way. Well, it was more when we were in Italy because I was struggling with the Italian. And they said to me, mommy, just say it in French with an O. So 
you know, if I didn't know the word for a lamp, they say to me, just say lampo, lampo. It's like, that's not right. But they, so they, they joked around with that. And they thought it was always very funny that I, I couldn't speak Italian as well as them. So, so they would make up and, and sometimes when you made up a word, yeah, it would actually be the right word. They never actually made up words and they never really confused. If they were saying one sentence, it, it was the whole thing. It was in all in English or it was all in French because, you know, I'd remembered from my childhood, my mother telling me, oh, well, you know, Madeleine mixed up a bit of English and a bit of French and it would be a jumble. And the teacher said, that's it, stop speaking French. But no, I don't think that she'll never mixed up. There were some words that Alexander preferred, like concombre. I don't know, perhaps that was easier in the mouth than cucumber. Cucumber, concombre. Pomme, apple. I don't know. Some words he preferred in French and then others he would say in English. Okay, Ariane. So for those people like us who are trying to raise our children bilingual now, um, what would be some advice that you could give us um, for the future? Uh, well, the parents with their mother tongue should always speak that language to their child. If Eric had been German, I would have made him speak German to the children. So I made him speak French to the children because I, I, I wanted them to speak with a British accent. But then after that, I think he, he, you know, once we were no longer together, I don't think he bothered being so specific in, in, in you know, whether he spoke French or English. I think he only ever spoke to them in, in American after that. You know, if, if I was trying to teach Alexander French, I'd make mistakes. Well, Lucas picks up on my mistakes. You know, Lucas is, is three and a half coming on four years old, my grandson. And when I'm speaking to him in French, um, because we're trying to encourage the French, he corrects me on my mistakes because I'm not French. You know, I, I, I learned it when I was 18 years old, 19 years old. Keeping it, keeping it natural, not forcing anything unnatural. No, so, so don't force it. Don't make it something laborious. It, it should be fun. It, it's part of, you know, your culture. Um, it's, you know, they're going to pick up on, on certain things that you say, the way you say it, your accent, your intonations, all that's going to come naturally. Play games with them, you speak to them just as you would for their age group. Great. Thank you so much for joining us, Ariane, today. We, we really appreciate the advice coming from a senior mom. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thanks again, Ariane, for sharing with us. Hasta luego. Ciao. questions for us or questions about the podcast make sure to go to home and our website at www.multilingualmamaspodcast.com and click on the link for questions make sure to follow us on facebook and instagram and stay tuned for another episode of multilingual mamas <laughs>